I'd like you to take your Bible, and I'm going to be in the 19th Psalm this morning. And as you're turning there, uh, it has been a, an eventful week in the life of our church family as two of our members uh, are with Jesus. And so on one hand, we, we have some sorrow, but there's also a bit of just joy for them. Uh, the, the first one I heard of this week is Don Piantek, who would sit right here on the front row with his wife, Grace, and he was that dear man that often would sing with his hands raised. He loved to worship in song. He, uh, he'd been a part of our church for a long time. And he, uh, Zach and I, got a chance to visit him in December. And he just kind of went through his life story with us and just was able to point out how God's grace was present in every chapter in his life. And he said, all I want is one day to go to bed and not wake up. And God granted that request this week. So I was visiting with Grace, his wife, and son, Paul, yesterday, kind of going over funeral arrangements. And the night before Don passed away, he was fervently out at the dining table writing out something, one page after another, and he wrote out his life story. And the next morning, he passed away. So I believe his son, Peter, who used to be a member at Highland Crest, will be reading that story at the funeral. So let me just tell you a little bit about Don Piantek's um, funeral proceedings, if you didn't know that. They actually have an, an open to everyone who wants to attend. It's at Proco Wall on, on East Mason on the other side of town. From 1 to 7 is visitation today, and then from 10 to 11 is visitation tomorrow, and the service itself is at 11 o'clock. I believe it's going to be a great, great service. And then... Pat Westland uh, passed away. I heard a little bit later in the week that she had passed away as well. You remember Pat, her husband, Gerald, uh, just dear, dear people. Uh, Pat, she was married. Uh, Her first husband had a business, and he uh, suddenly was taken. And so as a single mom of four kids, Pat ran this business and and led this family for a while until she met Jerry. And I think the kids told me this week that they were married some 47 or 48 years. And so just once again, real solid backbone of the church, sort of family members to us. And, and so Pat passed away this week, and now her funeral proceedings are going to be quite a bit different. Uh, out of out of just respect for Jerry and, and no exposure for viruses or anything like that. They're going to actually have a closed funeral service. It'll be on Tuesday uh, this week, and it'll be just, just the family that'll be a part of that funeral service. But now the husband, Jerry, is at Woodside, um, assisted living and nursing home. And so if you wanted to write him a note or if you feel up to visiting him, I'm sure he would appreciate you just stopping by to have a word of encouragement and prayer with him. And Ginger, I'm sure, could get you an address, or you could just stop by at Woodside. And so it's an opportunity for our church family to, to minister to those that are hurting. And as I've been thinking about both uh, Don 
and Pat, I can't help but think that one of the responsibilities that we have as a church is to prepare you for that day, is to, is to preach the word to you, to know that it is appointed unto a man to die once and then face the judgment. And both of these families were drawn to Pastor Jim's faithful preaching over the years of just the word of God. They were drawn to that and they appreciated that. So we have this assurance that they not only trusted Christ, but bore fruit of that. So what I'd like us to do today is, is to go back to the scriptures and what it has to say about the word of God. During this month of January, I want to do a little back-to-basics sort of theme. Last Sunday, what we did is we just reviewed, this is who we are. We exist to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. And what I did is I laid out some, some goals for 2022. And if you are not here with us last week, those goals are listed in last week's bulletin. They're out on the Welcome Center, and you can review those. The whole purpose is just to bring us all on the same page. I thought it would be appropriate for us to kind of go back to basics during this month of January, and let's just go review each of these pillars that we are built on that will lead us to go in our future. And it's possible you've been here for a while, and you're like, well, I didn't hear anything new today. Well, that's okay. We're just going to go back to the, the essentials of discipline that we need to be taking in the Word of God on a regular basis. One of the great chapters of the Bible that speaks about the Word of God is Psalm 19. So would you look on there with me? And I'll read the, the psalm in its entirety. This is written by David about a thousand years before Jesus. The book of Psalms is like the hymnal, and I couldn't help but think, as uh, we were, got to use our hymnals today, how fitting and appropriate it was in thinking of Pat Westland and, and Don Piontek, uh, two that really appreciated the, the old hymns that seemed fitting for us to use our hymnals today. Psalm 19, beginning in verse 1, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. It's rising from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his heirs? Declare me innocent from the hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. 
O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the word that has been given to us. It's wonderful for us just to pause and just review uh, Highland Crest and, and just the values that we have on the Word of God. And as we look at this passage together today, may we be enlightened to see what the Bible says about itself, but may we also be drawn to say, I want to take as much of this in my life as I possibly can. And I'm also mindful of the Westland family and the Piantec family today. And we pray for you to, to be near to them, offering words of truth to them for, for grace as well as Jerry, that you would just be near to them and speaking words of encouragement and life. And I pray that in both funeral services that the, the gospel would be clearly proclaimed and, and if there are those that have not trusted Christ to save them from their sins, that they would. I pray the same for our service right now, that you would use this passage to minister and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Knowing Jesus is something that takes place over time. If I just review my relationship with Melody, when we first met I lived in Green Bay, and and she was going to college in northern Missouri. And so if we were to contact one another, this was before everyone had cell phones, we could do that through a couple of different ways. One was email, and she had to go to a computer lab. I didn't have a computer, so I'd go to the downtown library here in Green Bay, and every couple of days I would check my email We could also do something called writing a letter. And we could put that in the mailbox, and three or four days later, she would get it. And then there was something called a landline where you could call, and I would go to Walmart, and I would buy like a calling card, and for 10 cents a minute, I could could talk to her, and I would make sure that we would stop, you know, I got 45 more seconds to go, and then we're going we're gonna to knock this off. And, and her family, her family had this one uh, phone plan that we had free Fridays. So on Fridays was, a, was an endless day of, of being on the phone and, and talking with Melody. And, and it was a very deliberate conversation. Sure, we were catching up on one another's week, and, but we were also spending time to getting to know one another. Can you tell me about when you were a girl? Tell me about when you were a teen. Tell me some stories. And we would ask one another about their hobbies and and interests. And and this is how we got to know one another better. Well, we exist as a church to know Jesus. And if we want to know Jesus, we have to spend time with him. And we spend time with him in Jesus. His word through the scriptures. So when I encourage you to read the Bible, where does that go in your mind? Does that sound like a chore? Say, say in our family, everyone's got some chores. Someone's got to take the trash out. Someone's got to do the dishes. Someone's got to make their bed. Someone's got to vacuum the floor. When you hear, this is what you're supposed to do as a child of God, read the Bible, Do you put that in that chore category? 
Because if it is, that's not where it belongs. I I would challenge you to see it more like this. It's an opportunity each day you have to have a meal with a really good friend that you respect and revere. Where the food or the entree is irrelevant, where the, the china in which it is served doesn't matter at all, it's really about you spending time with someone you care for. And you get an opportunity to ask them questions. Tell me a story that reveals a bit of your character. Uh, Tell me how you handle this situation. I want to know more about you. And you have an unhurried time with them. And it just lingers with you throughout the rest of the day. When I say reading the Bible and spending time with Jesus, that's what I mean. Something that you look forward to. Well, it is an astonishing thought that there is one God that created everything before us. It's an even more astonishing thought that this one God has revealed himself to us. And we see here in Psalm 19 that God has revealed himself to us in two different ways ways. The first way he has revealed himself, we see in the first six verses, one commentator named Derek Kidner called it wordless revelation. And I like that. Or general revelation. God has revealed himself to us through the world that he created. And look with it. It says there in verse one, the heavens referring to the sky, the stars, the moon, the sun, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. There seems to me a play on words. There are these visions in nature that chapter 19 is saying is speaking to us. It's not speaking through audible words, but nonetheless, it is transmitting a message to us that there is one awesome God who has put all this together. Verse 2 says, day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. And then verses 4, 5, and 6, through the Holy Spirit, David writes of the Son, S-U-N. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and in their words to the end of the world, in them he has set a tent for the Son which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So God has revealed himself to us through this marvelous nature that he has provided for us. It was just a couple of days ago, I had wrapped up my time here at church at the office, and I was exiting through the back door, And as I opened the back door, a short little walk to my vehicle, the western sky was ablaze with orange and reds. And I thought to myself, God, you did that. God, you are worthy of my worship. God reveals himself to us through his nature. But that is not the only way in which he reveals himself to us. So verses 7, 8, and 9 speak to us not about a wordless 
revelation, but a written, a written revelation. And these three verses are packed full of truths about Scripture. I don't remember much about grammar class as a kid, but I can remember three words. One was noun, another one was adjective, and another one I can remember as verbs. And so when you look at these three verses, you see the Word of God, the Bible, described in six different nouns. Look with me at verses 7, 8, and 9. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. So here you see the Word of God being described as The law, God's revealed will. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. Here's the second one. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The word testimony means what God has revealed about himself. Making wise the simple. Look at verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is Pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, righteous, altogether. It's as if God, through the Holy Spirit, is saying to you, this word that we have on our laps today, it has multi-purposes in our life. And so let me give it six different names in these three verses. And the adjectives, this is how it is described in these same three verses. It's described as, in verse 7, sure. It's described as perfect. In verse 8, it's described as right and pure. In verse 9, clean, enduring forever, true and righteous altogether. And then what about the verbs in these three verses? What does the Word of God do? It says there in verse 7, it revives or refreshes the soul. It makes wise the simple there in verse 7. And then also there in verse 8, it rejoices the heart. And verse 8, enlightens the eyes. So there you have the Word of God written to us, speaking to us, contained there in the Scriptures there on your lap. And in your hand. Let us not mistake here. The Bible is not a book of disconnected fables, ancient proverbs, and archaic stories. Rather, it is a living book that has a comprehensive story about one person who came to save the world from sin. The Bible is about Jesus. And we see here in verses 10 and 11 that there is a precious revelation. It says there in verse 10 that this scripture, this word of God is to be desired as, as gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of honeycomb. So it speaks of the value, but it also speaks of this desire, this hunger that we are to have after it. Uh, over this last year, uh, Ron is, has been leading, whenever we get a collection of new believers, he's been taking a group through this little book called New Believer's Guide to Effective Christian Living. And one of my, when one of my boys went through it last year, I decided to read it along with him. And it's chock full of great truths 
including how to read the Bible, but it's also got some wonderful stories. And I remember reading one of them, of this mountain man up in Colorado that kind of lived by himself. And while he was up there, um, he had family in town, but they never really had a relationship with him. And one tragic day, this mountain man died. And so the family went up and kind of went through the cabin to kind of find out what they could claim. And there really wasn't much. There was an old wooden chair, a, a bed, an old rickety table. And they kind of looked around and says, you know, there's really nothing here. Let's, let's get out of here. So they loaded up the car. And as they were making their way down this dirt road, one of the deceased man's friends met them and said, hey, are, 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 I'm sorry to hear of your, your family member that died. And um, are, Did you all check out the cabin? Yeah. And he says, listen, he was a good friend of mine. I spent a lot of time with him. Do you mind if I just, just maybe look through the cabin and just, just for keepsake if there's something there? And they said, oh, we've already went through the cabin. There's really nothing of value. But if you want to go, feel free, help yourself. And so we went up to the cabin and he knew right where to look. He, he pulled back some floorboards there on the floor and there was 50 years supply of gold that this man had accumulated over all these years. And his friend said, you know, I wish his family would have taken some time to get to know him because they would have found out how valuable, how wealthy of a person he really was. You know what the Bible says? Is that the Bible is to be sought after more than gold, that it is sweeter than honey. And God's desire It's for you to spend time with Jesus every day so you can know the sweetness of this relationship. And I assure you that there is more value in knowing God's word and knowing Jesus than there is in any gold or silver that this world has to offer. Some might say, you know, there are times in my life where I just just want to know what God's will is. And so you go for a walk in the woods You go to the beach, maybe you go golfing, and you're like, God, just show me what you want me to do in this next chapter of my life. And God is saying to you, I have given you a book, a book for you to read, a book for you to meditate on, to receive words from. I have revealed my will to you through this book. Just go to this book and take in what I want to say to you. Every word of the scriptures points to Jesus. I remember in seminary, I was in his class on preaching, and our textbook was by Brian Chappell. And he said in that book, he said, every text is predictive of the work of Christ, preparatory of the work of Christ, reflective of the work of Christ, and or resultant of the work of Christ. All those are our big words that say, Every one of these verses either points to what Jesus is about to do, what he is doing, or looking back to what he has done. And Jesus is our treasure, the one that we value. So the question before us, and what I'd like to spend some time now on this message, is how is it, how is it we can take in this word of God into our lives? So let me give you six ways. And some of you are going to say, I've heard this before. I've read about this before. And and so I'm just, without apology, going to give you these six ways to take in the Word of God. The first is this. 
hear, hear the Bible. Listen to it being read. Listen to it being taught to you. Jesus said in Luke 11, verse 28, Blessed rather are those who hear the word and keep it. In Romans, Paul wrote, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Several weeks ago, I was in one of my favorite places, Cabela's. And while walking around and looking at the fishing equipment, I was listening to what they often have is country music playing. And I heard this phrase, that's where I find God. And so then I started listening a little bit more to that song. And I looked it up a little bit later by Larry Fleet, and I don't mean any disrespect to him, but the premise of the song was, I meet God in my boat right next to my Evinrude. I meet God there in my deer stand. I meet God in a hayfield. And I think what the Bible would say to Mr. Fleet is you might be aware of God, but you don't meet God apart from the Word of God as revealed by the Spirit of God. And so we hear the Word of God in the local church. And so that's why it's so important for us to gather and physically meet to hear what God's Word has to say to our lives. And you've heard me say this. You've probably heard this before. But Sunday morning, hearing the Word of God begins on when? On Saturday evening. So we don't fill our minds or our eyes with all sorts of imagery or or pictures or movies that we would have to uh, repent of a little bit later. We don't fill our ears with things that... God would not be pleased with whether we say it's Saturday night and tomorrow morning a very significant event is taking place. The Bible is going to be placed on the pulpit. It's going to be read for us and it's going to be taught to us. And we need to bring this word into our lives. So let's prioritize that time to gather together and hear what God's word says. We live in unparalleled times. It's easy in a moment's notice. Within 10 seconds, many of you could bring up a sermon and have it preached to you right now. My wife is a tremendous example of listening to podcasts catered to her life and and her stage in life. And she'd be folding laundry and, and cleaning up or doing a project, having the Word of God preaching to her heart. So one way we take in the Word of God is by hearing. The second way we can do that is by Reading. Read the Bible. Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I've been around long enough where I can hear someone say, Listen, I've read the Bible once, and that's all I need to do. But we need to be taking in the Bible on a regular basis. A British preacher named John Blanchard said, How often do you face problems and temptations and pressure? Every day. Then how often do we need instruction and guidance and greater encouragement? Every day. To catch all those felt needs up in an even greater issue, how often do we need to see God's face, hear His voice, feel His touch, know His power? The answer to all those questions is the same Every day. 
As D.L. Moody, the, the founder of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago said, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain him for a week. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. We need God's word. Not because I'm telling you that, but you need God's word because God uses his word to give you faith and grace in your life. This is what the Holy Spirit uses to guide you, to convict you in your life. I think it was this last year we read a great book by Don Whitney called Spiritual Disciplines for the Spiritual Life. And he said that he's observed like these audio Bibles on CD or maybe on, on the internet. And he said the collection time for, to listen to the whole Bible is 71 hours. Think about that. That's less than three days to, to go through the entire Bible. Now, I don't know that there's a, a person alive that could do that in one sitting. There, there probably is, but I know I couldn't. But in 15 minutes a day of reading, you can make your way through the whole Bible in one year. Five minutes a day in reading, and and in three years, you could read through the Bible. So I just want to urge you to pick a plan. What we did last year is we went to our phones and we used the YouVersion app. I think that's a great app. And there's countless plans there. Melody and I are reading one right now, and it's got two chapters of the Old Testament, a portion of the New Testament, and either a psalm or a proverb every day, 15 minutes of reading. You say, well, how about I just start with the New Testament? That's fine. Pick a plan and just stick with it and read the Scriptures. Identify a routine. Set a time. At this moment, every day, I'm going to get up at this time, and I'm going to devote 15, 20, 30 minutes to being in the Word, a set of habit. I personally grab a, a pencil. I've got a Bible. I don't always use the same Bible each year. I might read it a, a few years and get a different Bible, so I have new markings. And this one I have has a lot of room in the margins. And as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm using my pencil. that helps me to focus a little bit better. I'm, I'm underlining, and I try to at least include one prayer during my reading, like, God, help me to apply this. I appreciate this about you. I see this in my life. I need your grace in my life right here. Read the Bible. The third way that we can take in the Word of God is to study the Bible. Don Whitney said, reading the Bible is like cruising the lake in a motorboat. But studying the Bible is like slowing down, crossing that same lake in a glass-bottom boat. Let me, just, let me just pause. Let me just look down. Let me just study and gaze upon this right now. You could have taken Psalm 19, verses 7, 8, and 9. There's so much there. Boy, there's six different words here to describe the Word of God. I wonder what the significance of each of them are. Look at all the adjectives here. Let me just pause. Clean? Righteous? What, 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 do, what are all of those? How do those point back to the Word of God? Verbs? Look at these verbs. Refreshing the soul. How does the Word of God refresh the soul? It means to slow down. 
and say, let me just look at this. Jerry Bridges said, reading gives us breath, but study gives us depth. The Word of God says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the Word of truth. And there are all sorts of resources out there for us. Uh, my, my sister had visited us last Sunday afternoon with her boyfriend, a Viking fan. And uh, naturally, he needed to be saved. So we were talking about some of that. And uh, he's like, you know, I, I could use a good Bible. Something that helps me understand this. And you know, there's plenty of good study Bibles. You know, uh, some of you are partial to John MacArthur. I think that would be a great study Bible. I like the ESV study Bible. And it includes uh, all the, the, the words of God, but then it has just enough notes to kind of get you in the right direction of what does this mean and how does this fit together? How does this fit with the West, what the rest of the Bible says? There's, there's oodles of platforms on the Internet where we can cross-reference stuff. We can look up Bible dictionaries, word studies, and commentators. Thirdly, study the Bible. Fourthly, memorize the Bible. I have stored up your word in my heart. One of the translations says, I have hidden your word in my heart. We were driving home from church a couple of weeks ago, and one of the boys says, that doesn't make any sense to me. Aren't we supposed to be a light? Why are we hiding God's word in our heart? And I'm like, that's a really good question. Why are we doing that? We're we're keeping it there so when we need to access it, we can. So I like how the translation says here, we have stored up your word. Because I might be in a checkout line. I might be on the bus making my way to school. I might be on my way making my commute to work. And I want to just, I want to focus on what God's word says about my life right now. So I have it, I have it stored up in my heart. And as Zach said, as I mentioned last week, as a church, this is an emphasis for us in 2022. I think there's a whole pile of these over on this table. It's a little booklet that says to know Jesus, to make Jesus known. And as Scott set an example for us, the last two weeks we were to memorize John 3.16. All these verses, once every two weeks, are about Jesus so we can know Jesus and to make Jesus known. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to grab one of these today. And you can work on the next verse that we will memorize together. So memorize the Bible. Fifthly, once it's in your mind, once it's in your heart, you can meditate on the Bible. The word meditate means to ponder, to think on, means to chew on God's Word. Don Whitney, in that great book, uh, spoke about how our lives are like a, a coffee mug with warm water. And the Word of God, the Scriptures, is like a tea bag that once you put the tea bag in the water, immediately begins to transform and color the water. Now, you can, you can just dip it in there and get it out of there, but it's not going to have much of an effect. But if you allow the Word of God to reside in your life, to be there, to transform your thinking and, and the outlook of your life, it will color it. 
and it will have a great, a great effect on your life. The scriptures in Psalm 1 contrast the wicked person with the wise person who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does he prospers. And then finally, apply the Bible. It's not enough to go through all these practices, but we actually have to do what the Bible says. Early on, as Melody and I were raising our boys, we had this CD that was continually playing uh, Scripture put to music. And in a very clever way, and so it was not unusual for our boys to walk around singing and and we would be singing this, we'd be riding in the family van, and we'd be humming along to these uh, scriptures that were put to music. And I can remember one day when one of our boys uh, was reciting Matthew 7.12 that says, Do to others as you would have them do to you. And as he was reciting this verse, he was roughing up one of his little brothers. <laughs> and I'm reminded that it's not enough just to have it in your mind, right? It, it, it's in your mind, it's in your heart, so that it can be applied in your life. So let me just conclude then by looking at the last few verses here in Psalm 19. It says there in verses 12, 13, and 14, Who can discern his heirs? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. As you are reading these verses, they are referencing sin. And as you get into the word of God, it serves as a mirror, doesn't it? It reveals what's going on in your heart, in your soul. And sin does surface. But then it says there in verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see, the word of God points to a redeemer. Yes, we can read the scriptures and we are to value them. They are sweet to us but they point to our Savior. They point to our Redeemer. What does the word redeem mean? It means to purchase. The Bible says that we are slaves to sin. We are slaves to this world. We are incapable of setting ourselves free. So so Jesus has come to purchase our freedom. And he did that by going to the cross that we might be able to walk with him and enjoy a relationship with him. So yes, read the scriptures, but the scriptures reveal the gospel, and it's through them that we are forgiven, we are saved from our sins. Will this endeavor be easy? It will not. Let me just conclude with a a wonderful couple of paragraphs here by an old Welsh pastor named Jeffrey Thomas. I think these are very honest words to us about the word of God. He said, do not expect to master the Bible in a day or a month or a year. Rather, expect often to be puzzled by its contents. It is not all equally clear. 
great men of God often feel like absolute novices when they read the Bible. The Apostle Peter said that there were some things hard to understand in the epistles of Paul. I'm glad he wrote those words because I have felt that often. So do not expect always to get an emotional charge or a feeling of quiet peace when you read the Bible. By the grace of God, you may expect to be a frequent experience, but often you will get no emotional response at all. Let the Word of God break over your heart and mind again. And again, as the years go by, and imperceptibly, there will be great changes in your attitude and outlook and conduct. You will probably be the last to recognize these. Often you will feel very, very small because increasingly the God of the Bible will become to you wonderfully great. So go on reading it until you can read it no longer. And then you will, clo- then you will not need the Bible anymore because when your eyes are closed for the last time in death and never again read the Word of God in Scripture, you will open them to the Word of God in the flesh. That same Jesus of the Bible, whom you have known for so long, standing before you to take you forever to his eternal home. Read the scriptures. They reveal Jesus. One day you will see Jesus face to face. Listen, there are no substitutes to meeting with Jesus. Your relationship, your maturity is directly tied to your intake of the Word of God. Someone says, I listen to all sorts of godly music. It's not the same as the Scriptures. Someone says, I'll take in all sorts of sound bites on my my Facebook page. Uh, It's not the same as Scripture. I love artwork. I can look at these artwork with nature. I can see scripture beside it. I can see imagery of Jesus and it ministers to my soul. It is not the same as scripture. I love Christian movies. I love documentaries. I love chosen. It's not the same as scripture. Make time to be with Jesus daily. Not to get over that, but allow his words to linger so that you can keep them and that you can know him. We want to be a church that individually is biblically saturated. That's all we're doing throughout the week. We're taking time to be with Jesus every day. When we gather together, we want to be a church that does Bible studies and we're biblically saturated. We're talking about what we have learned that week. When we gather together in worship, we're hearing the word of God preached to us. It's just it's coming out of us. That's where we want to be church family. So let us commit ourselves to this as uh, our music team comes. Let's just take some time to reflect on this. And I would ask you, of these six ways to take in the Word of God, what is lacking in your life? Could you say, you know what, I, I, I sense some strength in this area, but this area of meditating and memorizing, I need help and learning more about that and putting that into practice. Why don't you allow the Word of God just to fall over you right now and you to consider how you would apply Psalm 19 to your life. I want to give you a moment to pause and then we'll have a word of prayer.
Father, I thank you. You have given to us a treasure. And it's right before us. This morning we've been reminded that it's more valuable than gold. It's it's to be desired more than honey. And I pray that you would stir our hearts to say, "This, this is what I want in my life. I want to commit myself to the scriptures. I can't do it casually. I can't be lazy about this. I make time for football. I make time for checking social media. I make time for the music that I like, for my programmings. But what I really need to do is carve out time to meet with Jesus. I've been convicted today, so help me to do that. Give me, let me have your grace. God, as I read it, it's hard for me. I understand that it's hard for all. But I want to I want to know Jesus more. Use your word to do that through hearing, through reading, through studying, through memorizing, meditating and applying. Help us to use your word. We pray this in Jesus name.